Can you guys welcome Carissa up? Good morning. Um, it is such a joy to be here with you and celebrate the resurrection of the Lord together with you this morning. Um, me and my team are very excited to share with you this morning what we've been working on. Um, this is a, an attempt on our end to help to bring to life um, the story of Jesus and um, help us to engage with God's heart in a way maybe we haven't before. Um, the theme of the piece you're about to see is the mercy of God. Um, and so as we share with you this morning and as my team brings to you what they've been working on, um, I just encourage you to open up your heart to the Lord, to let him speak to you. This is his word. Um, and it is powerful. And I just want to invite you, this is not a show, this is not a performance. I just want to get that disclaimer. That's not what this is. For us, this is our offering of worship to God. And so we are inviting you to worship God with us through this piece, to engage with his heart. So I just encourage you to open up your heart to the Lord and really um, let him speak to you and, and let your heart respond to the goodness of God through this piece. So I'm just going to pray and we'll get started. Father, thank you. What a privilege to be in your presence with your people, God. Thank you for what you did for us, Lord. We are so honored to be able to have your words, Lord. And I'm asking that this morning that you would come and speak to your people, that you would come to and speak to our hearts, Lord, that you would help us as we worship you this morning, Lord, that you would come and be present, that you would be in our midst, Lord. We need you. If you don't come, Lord, this means nothing. But we um, are so thankful for your presence, Father. So would you come and would you speak to your people? Would you open our eyes to see who you really are? In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord, my soul, and all that is within me, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. Now there was a woman in that town who had lived a sinful life. And she learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet, weeping, <laughs> she began to wet his feet with her tears. <laughs> she 
wiped them with her hair and kissed them and poured perfume on them. If you, oh Lord, kept a, a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you, with you there is forgiveness. I wait on the Lord. My whole being waits. I, I wait on the Lord and... and in, in him, I put my hope. <laughs> I wait on the Lord like the watchmen wait for morning. Like the watchmen wait for the morning. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who was touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house, and you did not offer me water for my feet. But she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss. But this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins are forgiven as her great love has shown. Your sins are forgiven. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. <laughs> Sins. 
And there was a woman who had had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians and spent all that she had but was no better, but rather grew worse. Oh Lord, God of my salvation, I cry out day and night before you. Let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my cry, for my soul is full of troubles and my life draws near to Sheol. I am counted among those who go down to the pit like one who has no strength, like one set loose among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave, like those whom you remember no more, for they are cut off from your hand. You have put me in the depths of the pit, in the regions dark and deep. Every day I call upon you, O Lord. I spread out my hands before you. Do you work wonders for the dead? Do the departed rise up to praise you? Is your steadfast love declared in the grave or your faithfulness in Abaddon? Are your wonders known in the darkness or your righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? But I, O oh Lord, cry to you in the morning prayer comes before you. She had heard the reports about Jesus, and she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. So she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. And immediately, the flow of blood dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, sensing in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, Lord, you see how the crowd presses around you, and yet you ask who touched you? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and in trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Triumphs over judgment. I know that you delight in showing mercy. In mercy, triumphs over judgment. 
praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your disease? Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion? Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles? The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, just as my father knows me, and I know my father, and I lay my life down for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of the sheep pen. And I must bring them also. And they too will listen to my voice. And there will be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life. Only to take it up again. No one can take it from me. I have authority to lay it down. And authority to take it up again. This command I receive from my Father. Those who had arrested Jesus took him to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the teachers of the law and the elders had assembled. The high priest said to him, I charge you under oath by the living God. Tell us, are you the Messiah, the Son of God? You have said so. Now I say to you all, soon you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One, coming on the clouds of heaven. He has spoken blasphemy. 
Why do we need any more witnesses? Then they spit in his face and struck him with their fists. Now, it was the governor's custom at the festival to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd. At that time, they had a well-known prisoner whose name was Jesus Barabbas. So when the whole crowd had gathered, Pilate asked them, Which one do you want me to release to you? Jesus Barabbas or Jesus the one that's called Messiah? What shall we do with Jesus who's called Messiah? Crucify him! Crucify him! Why? What crime has he committed? Crucify him! When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that an uproar was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. I am innocent of this man's blood. It's your responsibility. Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. Then they twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand and then they knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail, the king of the Jews. They spit on him and they took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. After they mocked him, they took the robe off of him and put his own clothes back on him. And then they led him away to crucify him. When they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots. And sitting down, they kept watch over him there. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, You who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. Come down from that cross if you really are the Son of God. <laughs> in the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders mocked him. He saved others, but he cannot save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God come and rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I'm the son of God. In the same way, the rebels who were crucified with him also heaped insults on him. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. At about three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli! Eli! Leave us in Bethany! Which means, my God! 
Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice. He gave up his spirit. After the Sabbath, at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down out of heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified, but he is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go and tell his disciples, he is risen from the dead, and he's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the woman hurried away from the tomb, afraid and yet filled with joy to tell his disciples. But suddenly, Jesus met her. Greetings. <laughs> Daughter, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see you. be called children of God. And that is what we are. You were dead in transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But God, who is rich in mercy, 
because of his great love that he has for us, made us alive together with the Messiah, even when we were dead in transgressions. You are saved by grace together with Christ Jesus. He also raised us up and seated us with him in the heavens so that in the coming ages, he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. You are saved by grace through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is God's gift. Praise the Lord, my soul, and all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives your sins and who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us for our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he has taken our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. He knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. It flourishes like the flower in the field. The wind blows over it, and it is gone. And its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him, and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, all you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works, everywhere in his dominion. Praise, Praise the, the Lord, Lord, my soul. Thank you. 
For just a few moments. I don't want to take a lot of time, but I want to be very clear with my words. I wrote down on my piece of paper here before the service the Lord delights in showing mercy. Isn't it interesting that that's what we've sung? In fact, we've sung it twice, the first song and this one. And that's what each of us have seen here on stage. And I know mercy isn't a word that we use every day. I understand that there perhaps are people in the room and watching over the internet who don't even correlate God and mercy together. I understand that there could be people listening to me who feel that God has no mercy 
on them. You may be angry at God. Can I tell you humbly, you're mad at the wrong person? It's not God that you should be angry with. Regardless of your circumstances, it's not God. You see, God always wanted to be with us, mankind, always. He wanted to be with you. That's why even back in the Garden of Eden, he would go and walk with Adam and Eve every day because he wanted to be with them. But Adam and Eve sinned and caused a separation between mankind and him. Undoubtedly, that bothered him. You know what it's like when you want to be with someone and you can't for whatever the reason. Maybe it's a broken relationship that you have with family or people that were once your friends and so close, but there's separation. I believe that it bothered him. Because of sin, there had to be a sacrifice. That's not a word that we use every day. And this sacrifice had to be made for the forgiveness of that sin. People in the Old Testament, they they sacrificed animals. Thank God we didn't have to go to the livestock market this morning and get goats and pigeons and chickens and sheep and bring them to church and sacrifice them this morning. In the New Testament, Jesus became the one and only sacrifice for all of us. That's what Easter is. You may be here and say, what in the world? Why did why is this guy on the cross? And what's all that about? I know in America we don't see crucifixions very often. I can tell you in the world it still exists. But Jesus became the one and only sacrifice. So now, we don't have to do that. It's not on us, it was on him. But there, we, we do have a role to play in this. Yes, Jesus died on the cross for me and for you. Say, well, I don't believe it was for me. It was for you. But not only you, but whosoever. 
whosoever around the world, whosoever is yet to come in the next generation. So what do we need to do? Number one, we admit our sin. Say, I don't like that. You need to admit your sin. I need to admit my sin. My, you say, well, what is sin? Anything that doesn't please God. You know what it is. There's, there's your conscience that God has created in each one of us. You know when you do wrong. And I understand there are wicked, wicked people in the world who sear their conscience, suppress it, turn the volume down. Can I tell you that's very dangerous to do? Very dangerous. What's ahead for wicked people, I can tell you, they will not be able to handle it, plain and simple. So we admit our sin, and then we accept Jesus as the sacrifice to forgive us of our sin. You say, well, I don't think he can forgive my sin. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. And yes, he will. He will. I love hearing stories people who have given their hearts to Christ and they tell of the terrible things that they did and then they get a smile on their face knowing that Jesus forgave them of their sins. God loved the world, mankind, so much that he gave his only son so that everyone, say everyone, who believes in Jesus will not die but live eternally. Very common scripture. If I was a betting man, I would bet that everyone in the room has heard it once. But maybe you haven't. Maybe nobody's ever said that to you and it's your first time hearing it. It's found in the Bible, John 3, 16. But let me read you one more. He who believes and trusts in Jesus and accepts him has eternal life. It's not a question. He who believes and trusts in Jesus and accepts him has eternal life. But he who chooses to reject Jesus by disobeying him and denying him as their savior will not have eternal life. But instead will have the wrath of God over him Continually, You say, that sounds pretty harsh. It's pretty simple. Sometimes we think all this salvation stuff and all of this stuff is so complicated and I'll never be able to do it. 
I wanted to make it simple for each of us today. It's real simple. You may say, well, how do we do that? Pretty basic. We ask him to forgive us of our sins. Can I tell you, you don't need to ask him to forgive me of my sins. We don't have to make prayers for other people concerning the forgiveness of sins. You ask him to forgive you of your sins. And I'll do the same. I've been doing that now for, I know you won't believe it, more than 50 years. And every time that I did it and was sincere about it, he forgave me. You say, well, I don't think, I'm not sure that you did anything wicked. Well, that's none of your business. How do we do it? We ask for forgiveness of our sins. And then secondly, we ask him to come into our life and to help us live a life that pleases him. You say, well, do you have a list of do's and don'ts? No. No, I don't. You say, well, isn't there one in the Bible? Yes, there is. There is. But if you... If you focus on just trying to please God, having your attitude right, your words. Do your words please God? Does your work ethic please God? Does how you treat people please God? See, if you just live that way, He has a way of steering you through life in the right direction. So, we read the Bible. We read about God to find out what pleases Him. And we also get with people who are serious about living for God and want their life to please Him. We know about hanging out with the wrong people. Well, guess what? The flip side is true also when you hang out with good people. That's why we come to church. One of the reasons why we come to church. I don't know about this church thing. Well, it's one of the ways I get to be around people who are serious about God. And then I build relationship with people who are serious about God. You say, well, what about people who are not? Shouldn't we try to reach out to them? Yes, but not to the point that they pull you down. This is why we get around people. This is why we read scripture to get strong in the Lord, not, not in yourself, but relying on him to help you. I said to help you live a life that's pleasing The Lord does delight in showing mercy. He does. Can I tell you, he thinks all the time.
about another way that he can demonstrate his mercy to you. All the time. But if we don't choose him, then we have to live under the wrath of God continually. In other words, that's a hard, hard life. A life filled with regret. You say, are you trying to talk me into something? No, I want you to think for it about it for yourself. Because I can't do it for you. Just like you can't pray for the forgiveness of my sins, I can't. It's your choice. It's your choice. But I want to encourage you to think about it and to choose God. Not just because it's Easter. Tomorrow, you'll need to choose him again. In the morning, you need to tell the Lord, I want to walk with you, God, all day. All day. I know mine starts a little early. Maybe some of you, you don't start your day till noon. I'll ask, well, I won't ask God to forgive you. Just walk with God. Find out about him. Talk to him. Well, I don't want to pray all day. No, I said talk to him. When you're in a difficult situation, ask for his help. When you get that victory, thank him for his help. It's part of it. You didn't do it. He did. Because he delights to show mercy to you. I want every head bowed. I want you to think about your life. I know there are people in the room who have heard some version of what I've said. and Maybe there's some in the room, you've never heard it. Watching over the internet, like, what in the world is that guy talking about? Maybe you feel left out because no one told you. Go ahead, Christians, just say, ouch. God does love you. And so I'm going to ask that the lights come up for just a moment. Every head bowed, I want you to think about your life. Maybe you're here today and you've never asked Jesus into your heart. I want to pray for you. Oh, I don't know what that's all about. No. I said I want to pray for you. People want to pray for you. And so if that's you, I'm talking never. I want you to raise your hand. You can look up at me, make eye contact with me, and you can put your hand down. Raise your hand if you've never, never accepted. Never asked him to come and help you in your life. Now I want to ask all of us in the room. Maybe you have asked him. It could be 
when you were a child. It could have been last week. It doesn't matter. But if you have, and you've allowed things in your life to separate you from him, I want you to raise your hand and look at me. Put your hand down. Close your eyes. Think about your life. If there's sin in your life and it's separating you, just like in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve, it's separating you. You know that if you tried to talk to God today, you'd be shy and you feel he wouldn't listen to you. If that's you, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Christians, pray that the Holy Spirit would simply speak to people. Raise your hand. If there's sin that's separating you between you and God, your communication line with Him isn't working. Let's bow our hearts together and everyone repeat after me. Everyone in the room, everyone over the internet. Let's pray together. Father, everyone praying out loud. Father, I thank you for what I've heard and seen today. Your mercy is real for me. And I ask you now to forgive me of all my sins, whether it be an action that I committed, words spoken, just plain being nasty. I ask you to forgive me. I thank you for sending Jesus to die on a cross for me. I accept his death for me. I accept his death for me. For the forgiveness of my sins. For the forgiveness of my sins. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to forgive me. And I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to come into my life. And help me live for you. And help me live for you. Every day. Help me not to forget you. Help me not to forget you. Help me to know that you're with me every day. Help me to know that you're with me every day. God help me to get into a good church. God help me to get into a good church. Help me to find out about you. Help me to find out about you. Whether it's through the word of God. Or being around people that are serious about living for you. Or being around people that are serious about living for you. I thank you now for forgiving me. I thank you now for forgiving me. I accept my forgiveness from you. I accept my forgiveness from you. And help my life to be pleasing to you. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Can I tell you, if you prayed that, you are forgiven. 
period. Don't ever listen to the devil. All he does is lie. You're free today. You're free. I would say this. Walk in that freedom. Walk in that freedom. Choir. Go ahead and stand to your feet with us. We're going to worship our way out. Here we go. Yes. Yes. 